The following message comes to you from the pulpit of Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church in Ackerman, Mississippi. We invite you to visit Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church for worship services every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. Macedonia is located at 11 Staten Road on Highway 15, five miles north of Ackerman, Mississippi. For more information about Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church, you may visit our website at macedonia-pbc.org. Well, thank you all for the opportunity to speak tonight. I, Brother Joe mentioned uh, my story, and um, I was just telling Brother Adam before, before anybody got here, it's amazing to look back across. He was asking me about Elgin Crossroads, where I'm at and pastoring right now, and he was asking me about that and about the church and different things, and so we were talking about those things, and um, I was telling him, you know, it's amazing to see how God works and how God brings you along and brings you exactly where you need to be, Amen. right on time. And, uh, you know, we can see that throughout the, the scriptures. And what we're talking about is this providential hand touching us and putting us where we need to be. And my story may not resonate with you or may not be similar to yours. I, the Lord first touched me when I was nine years old. And I joined the church, and um, I can't remember a time that I didn't love the Lord, just to be honest with you. I can't remember that. And um, I didn't have the struggle that a lot of people have with joining the church. It just uh, presented itself to me one day that this is what I must do. And, you know, and I, I've seen people join the church. I've seen people come forth and ask for a home. And my mother... Um, she liked to knock my sister down trying to get down to the front of the church to try to join, but the Lord had touched her so greatly. And, but there was a lot of emotion uh, involved in that. And it, it, you know, I had heard doctrinal sermons, heard um, messages my whole young life, and some of it may have went right over the top of my head, but the Lord still seemed, seemed or deemed it that I would come when he called. And... There were things that I, I didn't understand about the doctrine. There were things that just didn't seem to, I was able to understand. And being a little primitive Baptist on the playground and all my friends at school went to the local Southern Baptist churches, went to youth groups and things, I was an odd character. I was. I was an odd character. And so they learned a lot of things that I didn't learn at church. And so they were trying to get me saved on the playground. And uh, so uh, I tried to explain. Can you imagine an eight, nine-year-old kid trying to explain? I'm sorry, but I'm primitive Baptist. Do you know what that means? And so I explained all that to my daughter before. And I told her, you know, I said, uh, I said you're going to hear a lot of different things at school. And so we, we always joke when she gets out of the truck and I'm there. She always jokes about talking to kids about, I have some articles of faith in my backpack. Would you like to take a look at them? So we, we always laugh about that. But, uh, but, but the Lord seemed to touch me when I was at nine years old, and I was able to uh, see the Lord for who he was. And I was able to see him. Now, was I, was I converted at that time? No, sir. I'm, I'm sorry to tell you, but I wasn't. I wasn't. I, I wasn't following the Lord as I should. And I drifted from the church. Drifted as far as I could get, went as far as I could get from the church. I lost years. I lost worship to my Lord. I lost people. I missed people. They're gone. And I can't get that time back. And so, uh, you know, I've, I've talked to different people who have had trouble with the church. I've talked to people who have uh, are down and out with situations in their life. And you try to convey to people the seriousness of worshiping our Lord and Savior, what you're going to miss and regret in that way and what you'll miss not worshiping our Lord and Savior. 
But over in Mark chapter 8, this just came to mind just a little bit ago. I could, you know, is Jesus heals a blind man at Bethsaida. And he says, and he cometh to Bethsaida, and they bring a blind man unto him and besought him to touch him. And he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the town. And when he had spit on his eyes and put his hands upon him, he asked him if he saw aught. And he looked up and said, I see men as trees walking. So vision is given from blindness and vision being given to be able to see, but not be able to see things clearly as, as they should be. You know, and, and I believe we can assimilate this to the God touching us and being regenerated and being able to see and understand and know. You know, the, the Lord is not someone, you know, when you stand afar off from the Lord, it's not someone that you're going to, you know, it, it, what I'm getting at is it just doesn't align to ask your enemy into your heart. It just doesn't align. Because I want to tell you, when I was a young man, I'm not going to say that the Lord was an enemy of mine because I don't, like I said, I don't remember a time in which I didn't love Him. You know, and you can look in the Scriptures and see from John the Baptist all the way to the thief on the cross, there is time for regeneration, conversion. The Lord will bring that about. You can see that. That, ha- that happens. And, of course, we also know that we're known before the foundation of the world. But He says, and He looked up and He said, I see men as trees walking. So He could see, but not clearly. Right. And that, that's where I was. And so, as I said, I drifted away from the church and lost things, lost time. And I can't tell you where I was during, during those times. It was just like a, a blind time, if you will. Just, just, I, 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 there were things that I missed. I just didn't see things clearly as I should have. But he says, and he looked up and said, I see men as trees walking. After that, he put his hands again upon his eyes and made him look up. <clears throat> And he was restored and saw every man clearly. And he sent him away to his house saying, Neither go into the town nor tell it to any, any in the town. Now that would be hard to do if you couldn't see at all. And then you're made to be able to see. And then you're made to be able to see things clearly. Wouldn't that be something to be able to be in that situation not be able to share that? With the, Jesus Christ himself, go and tell no man. So that would be a, a wonderful or a hard thing to do. But what a wonderful thing that we can, to, can do today is to tell people about where we've been, our experience, and the, Jesus Christ touching us, in which we're able to share that. And, and not in a way to turn goats into sheep, or not in a way to uh, try to pr- play on someone's heart, because all, we know that to be God's business, in which He will give us a heart of flesh and change that, st- heart stone of, that heart of stone into a heart of flesh. Right. But my story, like I said, I went as far as away from the church, went from family the world came calling. You know, the scriptures speak to uh, doctrines of devils, seducing spirits and things like that. And if you're not careful, the world will take you away and carry you away with every wind of doctrine. And, you know, the Lord seen all things, knowing all things. It's not that God had to look and see and try to learn something. But you know what? Something else that took place in my life was that I was out of church, as I said, and completely content laying under a mud truck, welding, cutting, preparing something to go to trails and go trail riding and things like that and enjoy things on the weekends and spent much, much of my time doing things like that. And a waste of time, wasted time. And sometimes a man needs a good woman behind him to lead him and to grab a hold of him and show him where he has erred. And I'm very thankful to God for my wife. He has given me someone that has stuck with me through thick and thin and hard times. 
And she led me by the grace of God, leading me to church of what she had known. And so I did spend some time with the other camp, if you will. I spent some time there. And I'd been gone from church so long, folks, that all I could remember was it saved before the foundation of the world. Mm. That's all I could remember. And that's how, that's how my knowledge had left me. And I had forgotten things. And the knowledge that we have of Jesus Christ and the truth that we understand is such a wonderful blessing and a pearl. That's what the scriptures speak to over Matthew 13, talking about the pearl that we have and a man spending all that he can to be able to go and buy that field which that pearl lies in. But the things that we're able to understand about the Lord and Savior is something that He imparts, obviously, by the Holy Spirit for us to be able to understand, be able to recall, be able to talk about. But the more time I spent away from our people, the more, t- more things I started to remember, the more I started to read, the more I started to learn. And there was even a time when I tried to harmonize some things, maybe. Looked at different scriptures, looked at different sermons that popular preachers preach and tried to say, well, maybe there's something here with this and tried to harmonize things. But what you wind up with harmonizing things is frustration. Mm-hmm. What you wind up with is, is damnation. Frustration and damnation is what you wind up with. And we know the gospel to be something that is able to build up God's people to give us hope. of, And not hope of we hope that it happens, but the expectation of what we soon to see in Jesus Christ and what we soon to see in, in heaven and what we soon to see in the joy that God will give us. But those, those things were not clear at a time. I was seeing men as walking as trees, if you will. But God was seen, deemed fit and deemed it that I would be able to see some things and be able to understand some things. And, you know, I've heard a lot of things on the way that made our Savior ineffective, yeah. that made him incomplete, that made him not able to do the job that the Father had sent him. And when you get into the Scriptures and start reading different things and when you look at what God has done, you know, one scripture that's always, that always comes to mind for an old Baptist is Ephesians 1 and 4. And we're able to look at that and see, according as he hath chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. What wonderful words. Now, I've heard this explained a way that God had to look throughout time to see who would accept him. And, that, you know, that'll make you sick in a way when you think about the glory that people take away from God. But the other day I went to Books A Million. And we got, went to get Hadley some uh, books she has to read. Little Women and all sorts of things she has to read for, for school this, this summer. And so we went to go get those books. And they went their way. I went my way. And so I was looking for the religious sections, looking for Bibles. I, I love looking at Bibles. I got ten of them, but I still love to look at Bibles and see what's out there. So I went and I looked and looked and looked and I saw ugly magazines, I saw tarot cards, I saw lots of uh, pride things, I saw lots of uh, just sin and filth encompassing the aisles of the Bibles, the aisles of religious readings, the aisles of, of those things that we, we hold so dear. And was looking around, I thought, gosh, it's... This looks just like the world in a way. All, the, all of this sin, all of this filth surrounding the aisles of, of the Lord's books. And so I um, went down the aisle and I seen another uh, 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 sign that said uh, Christian fiction. And I thought, man, something's just not right about that. So I even took a picture of it so I could remember it because there's two words there that, that are put together. And we know what they're meaning by that, uh, entertainment and things. But that just stuck with me about Christian fiction. And then I walked on down the aisle and I seen... Um, 
Bible uh, companions. And there was a Dalai Lama here, and there was Joel Osteen, there was uh, Kenneth Copeland, there were some other ratings. I don't know how good, great. <laughs> what is this? Compact Bible companions. Went on down the, the, the line there and seen a cross. This really caught my attention. And this cross had been, it said, uh, olive wood straight from the Middle East, extra special, ergonomic. Ergonomic. And so, you know, if you, if you love to smoke meats, grill, or anything like I do, you can go and you'll, when you get to grilling for a while, you'll want a really special hamburger flipper. You know, you'll want that special flipper. The one that's ergonomic, that fits your hand, that has the hand grip, that's the gel grip, the comfortable grip. Right. And so you can spend $15, $20, $25 for something like that. But the one that's, that's, that's hard, the one that has no grips, is 2 $3. Well, that's the only one I can afford. But when we, so I was looking at this, at this cross, and this cross had been shaped in a way, if you could liquefy wood and pour it out on the ground and it cooled, it just, it was in a shape. It wasn't, it wasn't easy to see the cross. It wasn't easy to see it because it had been shaped to fit man's hand. It had been shaped to fit man. And so when we think about the different doctrines and things that we can run up on with other people, other different groups, we can find that the cross has been made to fit man. We can find that the cross has been chiseled away at to fit uh, uh, the different sins that men commit. It's okay. You're okay. I'm okay. As long as we love Jesus, that's all that matters. Amen? So, you know, that's what you find. But the cross is something that, that fits us as far as shaping us. Does the potter not have power over the clay? I know y'all know that. But over in Galatians chapter 2, we find that it's not that the cross uh, should be uh, chiseled away to fit us, but it's that, the, that we are made to fit the cross. It says in Galatians 2 and verse uh, 20, Paul writes and he says, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And you know, I want to tell you, there's different times when I was amongst other people that there were things that I was partaking in still that I should not have been partaking in. But the idea was is that, hey, it's okay. It's just fine to do that. It's okay. Jesus wouldn't care if you've done that. Just go right along. It's okay. But I am crucified with Christ to say that we will die daily. That we will die. That the things of this life that we partake in, the old wanter, if you will, will die. And that we will be made to be more like Christ. Are we going to be as holy as Christ? Absolutely not. But what I'm talking about is it's reaching daily to be more like Christ. Yes. And he says here, he says... And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. What precious words, what sweet words to be able to read that he has given himself for us, that to know that we are to be crucified daily. It's a cross that we take up daily. It's not a cross that we sometimes pick up, but a cross that we make a choice each day in the way that we're going to deal with people, how we're going to act. You know, you can read over in... Uh, uh, First Peter, and you can read over there about the conversation that Peter talks about. You can read about the conversation 
that we live and that we are, are, are going about living each day. He says in uh, 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 12, he says, Having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may be by your good works, which shall they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. So what we're talking about there is our conversation, uh, picking up the cross daily and not trying to mold the cross to us, but molding ourselves, our God molding us to the cross, that fitting, that, fitting us to the cross, that we may die daily. But this conversation matching uh, where we are within the church and where we are out in front of people, that that conversation would be the same. Now, Matthew chapter 5 and verse 16, let's flip over there just for a moment. Matthew 5 and 16 tells us something here. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. And you may say, now he's all over the place here. He's talking about the cross. He's talking about the cross being ergonomic. He's talking about the cross being fitted uh, for, for man to fit his hand instead of us being fitted for the cross. But he says, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works. And what we're talking also about is taking up the cross that our light may shine before men, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Now God has ordained us to good works. But is it that we're always going to follow the good works? Is it that we're always going to do those things? I fail daily, my friends. I fail daily in that. Whether it's uh, dealing with somebody on a dock somewhere, whether it's dealing with someone that has uh, done something to me in a parking lot or whatever whatever it may be. And you young folks, you're going to school and, and dealing with different people. Now you're out of school right now so you're probably having some interactions with different people out and about. But you know that's a great opportunity to be able to let our light shine for who we are. And, and let our light shine uh, of, of the cross up, up, to, up to, to different people that they may see our conversation, see the honest conversation that we have and reflect what is within us. Uh, let's see. I'm sorry, guys. Lost my thought there for a second. It's just a so when, we, uh, when we're wrestling with these things, we're wrestling. We're wrestling sometimes with different things. Now, I told you I didn't have a wrestle or a struggle with joining the church. But I want to tell you, there's been all sorts of different things that I've struggled with. I've struggled with, uh, with uh, over, over my life, all, all different types of things of consumption and different things. That, that's, that's just the life that we live, the things that we know. And, and, and I knew better. You know, when I was uh, away from the church and, and doing things that I ought not have been doing and grieving the Holy Spirit, grieving God and the things that I was doing, I knew better. I knew better the whole time. And I knew better of where I should be instead of where I was doing the things I was doing. But Paul said this in Romans chapter 7. He said, for, for we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. For that which I do, I allow not. For, I, for what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, that I do. Very tricky language there if we're not careful with what we're looking at. But the, but the simple thing of it is, is Paul hates what he's doing. Paul hates the things that he's doing. He hates that he's doing these things when he tries to do good, that something else is there, that we wrestle with this old man. We wrestle with this flesh. He says here in verse 21, he says, I find then a law 
when I would do good, evil is present with me. Now, the law is a rule of action. It's a, it's, a, it's a rule of action. It's a war against us to do good. Evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. And we know this, that Paul would say, Oh, wretched man that I am. And what wretched people that we are. What wretched people that we are. You know, we have no righteousness of our own. And the only righteousness that we have is the imputed righteousness of God unto us. And when the, the new man has constrained this old man, but the old man, the flesh, still rises up. And, 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 and people see this. It seems like the camera is always in the wrong place at the, at, at the, at the right time, if you will, to see the things, of, the way that we act sometimes, to catch those things on camera. You know, I was watching a... Um, a uh, documentary with my wife this afternoon. It's on Netflix and it's talking about the fundamentalist um, Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Watching that. And it is amazing at what took place within that order with, the, with those people. But you know, there's cameras all over that. There's, there's, uh, there's, there's trials. There's all of these different things that were in the mainstream media. And they were able to see this. And you know, I wonder if unchurched, you know, I asked my wife this. I said, you know, I said, it's a shame that people see this because they think that we're all like this because they see this in mainstream media. And so, you know, she said, no, surely not. And I said, to someone that's unchurched and sees the church is this way. They probably think that we're all like this. So what a shame, what a travesty in that way that, that, that heretics and, and, and false denominations and things like that can rise up and be in the middle of the media and paint a picture. So living the cross, taking the cross up daily, daily, dying daily, and dealing with this old man here that we deal with. So when we're out and about in this conversation that we're keeping honest, this conversation that is the same within the walls, outside the walls, there's always somebody looking. Yes. There's always somebody looking. And so we need to make sure that we're keeping that conversation. I tell you, and, and I hate to say this this way, but it's just the truth now. But, you know, since Saturday, it makes me think about different times and places where I may have reacted in the wrong way. And there was something so pressing Saturday. And I've tried to describe that to my wife and tried to describe that to the church members at Elgin, but there was something pressing there, and I'm not sure how to put that into words, but there was something not that I'm a different man than I was Saturday, but, but there's something there that was pressing upon me. Something heavy was there. And it was a solemn moment. It was something yeah. solemn. It was something that, that was, uh, it's very serious business. It's very serious business to handle the Word of God and to speak to God's yeah. people, and you can become you can become very Overwhelmed, if not careful, and right. thinking about how to equip the saints to be able to deal with daily life. And, 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 and God will, 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 is going to supply those things that, that we stand in need of. But, there are t but the, it, is, it stands upon the, the, milder, uh, the, 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 the minister, the elder, to, to be able to, to supply those things in which uh, studies of which and, and help to guide uh, and feed the, feed the sheep, feed the sheep, literally feed the sheep. And so we think when we think about these scriptures, we think about the calling that God's put upon our lives, not just as elders, but as song leaders, as church members and right. things like that. We have such a duty. We have such a, 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 a job that is put upon us that we have to take very seriously because it is very serious business handling the word of God. But so when we look at these things, I hope that we're able to see these. Brother Joe, where are we at on time on this? Well, uh, I believe I'm going to close right there. And, uh, and uh, my, my prayer for us tonight is that we will 
not only take our calling as, as serious, and I'm, and I'm not saying I'm struggling with that. What I'm saying is all of us take our calling as whatever it be in the church, but at first and foremost as members of the body of the church. But to be able to take our conversation that we live each day out in front of others, to be able to take that seriously and to be able to understand the consequences of those who look at us and, and, the, and the name that we're putting out there for the church uh, and, and how we deal with people. We thank you for listening to today's message and invite you to visit Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church for worship services every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. Macedonia is located at 11 Staten Road on Highway 15, five miles north of Ackerman, Mississippi. For further information about Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church, you may visit our website at macedonia-pbc.org.